that, let's welcome in Aditi, who has to start today's appearance with the story from the airport yesterday. What's up, Aditi? Yeah, you got it. Oh, hey, hey. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, JG, you'll love this. I texted Adam and Mikey yesterday. I am walking out of or walking through the Pittsburgh airport yesterday, and all of a sudden a TSA agent calls out, Aditi, I love you on C CSS. And I turned around because remember, I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm like, on what? Like, how does he even know it's me? And then what is he talking about? And he goes, I'm a huge Cleveland fan. I love you on UCSS. That's, That's awesome. We love that. Yeah. Right. They're, watching us, they're watching us in and Pittsburgh. I know. And yeah, and I felt so bad. Well, okay, so side note to that. Yeah. I was wearing my elf sweatshirt. And in the morning at the airport, this woman was giving me these like nasty looks. And I was like, what, is she like, what is going on? Is this like one of Matt's ex-girlfriends? Like what is going on? And then I looked down and I see the elf. I'm like, oh, I'm wearing an elf sweatshirt in Pittsburgh. There yeah. you go. So that's how I started the morning. But then the way I came home. And, that was a, and, and did the TSA guy say, yeah, as for that Filipponi guy, he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Filipponi didn't even have me on yesterday. So oh. there you go. So, but so you know, I told Mikey, I missed this perfect spot like I should have run back to the TSA agent and said let's take a video so I could show yes. everyone this is really true That's but true. I, I, I'm delirious I, from all the travel sorry guys Adina, and I go I, to Kansas City so here we, we go we, I gotta ask, since we're on Pittsburgh I gotta ask you this question is there all right is there any way what is the path to victory for the Steelers over the Bills I'm doing some deep math here is there any way what, what do they got to do I want I want the Steelers to win for one week only uh, what do they got to do uh, to beat the Bills, and do they have a shot? I don't know. Go to Josh Allen into four interceptions. It's <laughs> You know, like, I, anything can happen. If there's anything that we have learned, you – I jokingly, and I say this with all due respect, but I was texting a friend, and I was like, yeah, they're the Mike Tomlin cockroaches, meaning that they never die. And That's I don't true. even call them the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the magic of Mike Tomlin, that – I mean, either way you look at it, it's either the magic or it's the pain of it because they never hit full reset because they're always sort of in this position. But you can never count the Steelers out. Does it look good for them without T.J. Watt? They're 1-10 in 10 all time without T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt is the guy, the last time that I was in Buffalo to cover a Steelers-Bills game, it was T.J. Watt who single-handedly secured that victory for the Steelers at the end. It's tough. I, but anything is possible. Has That's the fun part out? of the playoff. He's is definitely what? out, right? He's definitely yeah. out, right? My, yes, Mike Tomlin said he is indeed out. Yeah, you know, Aditi, it's funny. that they, they are cockroaches in the regular season, but their kryptonite seems to be the playoffs. Yes. Well, and that's very, very true in a conversation I had with a, another coach who um, – I probably can't say more because then I'll reveal who the coach is, but that is actually a conversation that I had at Newark Airport yesterday with someone yeah. that, you know, we sit here and, but again, it's what you want, right? So on the one hand, the Steelers are always in the conversation. And now today, Mike Tomlin officially becomes the longest tenured head coach in the National Football yeah. League. And okay. But when you're an organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers, three playoff wins in 12 years should not be the standard. No playoff wins in six years should not be the standard. Adi, let's talk. Adi, you're right, 100% right um, about everything you said about the Steelers. Let's talk about Joe Flacco. Obviously, the guy has this incredible track record in the postseason. He yep. is set, what is it, six and zero or seven and zero in the first round of the playoffs. I know he's never lost. He has tied with Tom Brady for the most road wins in the history of the postseason. 
as good as C.J. Stroud is, and he's been a, just an absolutely remarkable rookie, and obviously if you're starting a team, you'd rather have C.J. Stroud than Joe Flacco, but we all agreed that at least for right now in this game, we'd rather have Joe Flacco than C.J. Stroud. Is that crazy, or is it no. make sense? No, because this is the time of year when that experience matters. This all right. goes back to what we're saying about Mike Tomlin and how Mike Tomlin is able to pull certain things out of certain players in certain moments. That's exactly what it is. Joe Flacco has already been here. You, I just heard you say this, actually, Adam. Joe Flacco's already got the Super Bowl MVP. He's already got the Super Bowl trophy. He's already got the millions and millions and millions of dollars. This is all. He's been there. He's done that. Everything isn't riding on this. He's already been derided and written off. He's already been extolled he's lived all of that he is not going to stress about any of that and it, it, it again like it goes back to last year week two when the Jets were down by two scores with less than two minutes to go and I'm watching Joe Flacco walk up and down that sideline and very calmly tell his then Jets teammates guys we have plenty of time guys we're still in this game and they were so it's that experience that it helps joe flacco in a moment like what day are we thursday two days from now two days yeah. from now that's going to help joe flacco a crazy road environment come on you just said he's won more road playoff games than anybody other than tom brady he's done this he's been there he's not going to be scared he's not going to be nervous he's not going to make a stupid mistake because he's trying to do too much or because he doesn't know the time and situation Situation. So all of this, of course, you'd want Joe Flacco leading your team right here. Hey, Aditi, empty your notebook on C.J. Stroud. Have you, have you called any of his games this year? What kind of interactions have you had with them? Uh, we know he's a tremendous young man. The Houston media voted him the Texans' good guy um, for the season. What, what can you tell us about him and also about his game? He uh, – so – he was elected a captain before he ever started a game. Wow, and <laughs> he is not necessarily as um, ebullient or vocal as a Joe Burrow who was elected a captain before he ever started a game. CJ is a little bit more, let's call it reserved. But the reason he's elected a captain is because there's absolutely uncommon maturity about him. And this fire that while he doesn't need to go out there and call out everybody, this is sort of, I'll draw the Baker Mayfield comparison. Baker Mayfield hears somebody knock him and he makes note of it and he yeah. publicly makes note of it. Yep. CJ Stroud hears somebody knock him like happened with that acu acuity test or that intelligent, the whatever, right. the next version of the Wonderlick. Yeah. And oh, he files it away. He doesn't bring it up immediately. He doesn't lash out about it immediately he at some point this season did indeed say oh i have a feeling where that came from but you better believe that he takes that and it's playing somewhere on his shoulder in his head whatever the cliche is i had cj's very first game and i'll tell you i feel very strongly that i witnessed the moment when he said okay i can do this you know his first few drives he was in baltimore uh Baltimore was a little bit rusty, obviously, because they hadn't played guys in the preseason. But still, you know what that defense is now. They were bringing it. CJ was a little bit, I don't want to call it flustered, but he looked like a rookie who had never played in the NFL starting his very first game in a hostile road environment against a great defense. And at one point early in the game, D'Amico Ryans came up to him on the bench, kind of held his face mask and said, just 
play no matter what just play and it's like cj went and the very next drive i'm not kidding because i talked about this with D'Amico just a few weeks ago the very next drive cj just seemed to have a little bit more confidence in who he was at the end of that first half the texans put together a very long drive that ultimately ended in a field goal i believe not a touchdown but it was just like you saw cj come into his own and then week four my crew i wasn't with them this is when we were trading out my crew had Houston again, and they said CJ was just a completely different person in the meeting wow. room. Not quite as deferential, not quite as quiet. Not, I mean, he's still soft-spoken, but I think that when you stack reps showing that you can do it, when you continue to have success, that only gives you continued confidence. That only builds your assurance. I belong here, and I know that I can do this. And when we talk about veterans, he's got a great veteran in the room in Case Keenum. I mean, you can't ask for a better guy to be in that room sitting on the bench next to you than Case Keenum. So, you know, he he's overcome a, a fair amount this year too. That line, that offensive line has been completely in flux. He's got a first-year play caller in Bobby Slowick, and we all know that Bobby Slowick is now getting calls for interviews for head coaching jobs. So he is a very talented coach who's really put in his time on both sides of the ball. But CJ is an impressive young man. He's a very impressive young man. And this is not a knock on him for me to say that I would like Joe Flacco in this game. Maybe I'm just biased because, you know, age is a good thing in my mind. <laughs> in all of our minds. Yeah, Maybe right, right. if I were 22. If I were 22. That's true. Hey, Aditi, this game prob- probably, I don't know, I mean, at least in my opinion, features the top two candidates for coach of the year. So who who are you voting for? I know we've talked about this before, but if you had this, you know, the regular season's over. If you had your vote, would these guys be your top two? And if so, who would be the winner? Yes, they 100% would be my top two. And um, I know there's a good argument to be made for John Harbaugh because he made the changes that needed to be made and look at where they are. And he believed in Lamar, all of that. But my top two are definitely Kevin Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans. I think that... Not I think, I th- well, I don't know how to phrase this. Okay, my top two candidates for Coach of the Year would be Kevin Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans. I think the way that D'Amico Ryans, upon his hiring, energized that team, that city, and immediately flipped the switch on the culture and the expectation in that building is tremendous. I think the way that he is connected with his players, and especially a rookie quarterback, and the staff that he has built all of that is insanely impressive. However, my vote goes to Kevin Stefanski, if I had a vote, because of all of the injuries that he has had to overcome. And they are not injuries to guys. They are injuries to very, very, very key pieces. When you you lose your all-pro right tackle, week one, okay, that's a big knock. When you lose the heart and soul of your team and everybody's favorite teammate, week two, and the person that makes your offense go, wow. When you uh, have your star quarterback in and out through the first chunk of the season and yet you're still there then you lose that star quarterback after arguably your best performance that is a wow when you were getting joe flacco that nobody else even called off the couch to play like an mvp 
to suddenly be the arguably comeback player of the year. When you do all of that, when you're smart enough to hire a new special teams coordinator in Bubba Ventrone that energizes these young guys, when you're smart enough to bring in Jim Schwartz that has that defense that, granted, is insanely talented, but is getting the most out of that talent to be a number one defense, all of that, and again, riding or not riding the wave of emotion and staying as steady as he has, all of that to me makes Kevin Stefanski coach of the year. Aditi, uh, what are the chances in a percent? What are a percentage chance that Joe Flacco is wearing a Browns uniform next year? I don't know. We already went through this a week ago, right? And your fans are like, why am I lecturing you on this? (laughs) Who cares? Let's talk about it when the season's over. Okay? I like that answer, actually. What's the point right now? Let's look to Saturday. This is so exciting. The Browns are in the playoffs. Once again, the Browns are going down the road. The Browns have a real shot at winning a playoff game. So, against all odds in the craziest of seasons. I'll flip it. I'll flip, I'll flip, I'll flip, I'll flip yeah. it. I'll flip it. Okay. If the Browns win this week, right? What is the storyline if Joe Flacco goes into Baltimore? Uh, you, you know that team. Are, are there going to be people that really are, are kind of torn between Joe Flacco and the, because that's a big storyline? Oh, and yeah. I mean, I've heard from Ravens fans already that are saying that, oh my goodness, they can't help for, root for Joe Flacco. Which, how awesome is that, too? P.S. That this is somebody who has moved on from their team, is playing for a bitter rival, and you still root for that guy. Like, that really says everything you want anybody to say about Joe Flacco. But again, gee. Be where your feet are. Let's talk about next week, next week. I agree with that 100%, but I want to tell a quick story that involves the Ravens and a castaway quarterback. Okay. When I was in Tampa, the Buccaneers cut bait on Trent Dilfer, and there was some Mm -hmm. thought that he might be done. There really was, because Trent did not have a lot of success in Tampa. He goes to Baltimore, and although he... uh, didn't beat the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. He won the Super Bowl in Raymond James Stadium. And I was one of the first to chat with Trent immediately after the game. And in typical Trent Dilfer fashion, and I imagine Joe Flacco would be the same way, I asked him if it was any more special because it was in Tampa, a city that had mercilessly booed him right out of town. And he just looked at the camera and said, no. Super Bowl is a Super Bowl. You can't get any better. It doesn't matter who you beat or how you do right. it. That's negative energy, and I've never concerned myself with that. And I honestly think deep inside, would Joe Flacco love to eliminate Baltimore from the playoffs? Probably, but I bet if he does, he won't stand in front of cameras and gloat about it. It's just, it is what it is. He was as classy as could be that season when his back was hurt, hurting him, and he wasn't necessarily 100%, and John Harbaugh made the switch to Lamar Jackson, and initially it was simply because Joe Flacco wasn't healthy, and then they were just riding the magic of what Lamar Jackson was giving them. They retooled their offense. As you know, they went into the playoffs. Then in the first round of that playoffs, that first half was Awful, 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 awful. They went into halftime. The offense was awful. They went into halftime. When they came out, Joe Flacco was indeed warming up. But James Urban, the quarterback's coach, had said to John Harbaugh, what's the future here? And what's the statement that we're really making? And I had had this conversation. What's the statement we're making to Lamar Jackson? I actually talked to John Harbaugh about this in the locker room after that. 
And Harbaugh had said, if we win this game with Joe Flacco, and then the next week we go and we lose, because he, he was smart enough to recognize, I don't know that we have a Super Bowl team right now. We have a good team and things can happen, but he'd already been there. He knew when a team could get hot. He knew when a team had the tools, when things were likely. And John Harbaugh had the foresight to think about the long-term future of Lamar Jackson. And I'll tell you that right then he also said, and Joe is as good of a guy as comes, which he never said whether Joe was a part of that conversation. It was never a, would Joe sulk? And I'll tell you, I watched Joe on the sideline of that second half. He just continued doing everything that he had done in the first half, helping and supporting Lamar in every way that he could. It's not like he threw down the towel and was like, oh, you should have put me in there. It just—it's just not who Joe Flacco is. He's no. just a classy guy, and you're right. I can't imagine him Jay standing up there and crowing. So, Aditi, let's let's wrap it up with this. There is not a single player in the NFL that was in the currently that was in the NFL the last time the Browns played a playoff game in front of fans. That was 2002. So this is huge against the Texans. Who will win this game? I, I my choice is the Browns. I see the Browns winning. I do. All right. And that's not just I will just say this. That is not simply because I work with them in the preseason. It is simply because I think that that Browns defense is ready to go. And I really, really, really appreciate Joe Flacco's playoff experience. Good answer. We like Good it. Answer. I've seen also P.S. I've already seen Kevin Stefanski go on the road and win a playoff game. I was there for that one. Although he wasn't. Yeah, but he wasn't there. Oh, yes. <laughs> he was in his basement. Actually, what a good point. What yeah. a good point. He was in it was AVP, oh but hopefully God. he'll be there for this That's one. So I should totally – should I message Kevin Stefanski that? Yes. Hey, the last time your team won a road playoff no, game. No, we don't want I any negative there. juju yeah, around that, the guy. He's gonna, I don't think he'll like that text. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Avoid that. Adina, have a great yeah. week. We'll talk next week. All right. Bye, hopefully guys. Hopefully we'll be fun. talking about the yep. Browns' next opponent. Yeah, yeah man. Awesome. We got Bernie Kozar in about 10 minutes. We're going to play a game of Browns playoff trivia first, but also before the game on Saturday, WKYC right here. Channel 3 has a full lineup of content. Their pregame huddle show starts at 2.30. NBC's Football Night in America starts at 3, leading you up to kickoff at 4.30. We also have two shows on the UCSS channel on Saturday morning. New content for you guys, so make sure you guys tap into UCSS on YouTube in the morning, then WKYC in the afternoon. All right, guys, it's time for a little Browns playoff trivia, true or false edition. Are you ready? Yes, Let's sir. Let's see Browns the best. And I've Anthony, won two or false two times in a row here. I'm on fire. Anthony, can you confirm our official scorekeeper? No, no. What, was one of those in 2023? We have only played no, one I won game the first in 2024. Didn't I? And Bull did win on January 3rd. No, I, I came back and beat you. Oh, I won the last one. That you won the last one in 23. Yeah, uh, you did. You came back from two down, I think, and, yep. and, and won. Steve, let's hit the music. Let's go. Doom, 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 oh boy, sometime, sometime today, Steve. Please let the official record know that Tyvis is missing this one. Oh, believe us. Okay. He'll remind us. He'll remind us. Question number one, true or false? By the way, the, where is Tyvis all this week? Yeah. What's, what's he doing? Tyvis is doing something with the collective yesterday, and he okay. was actually filling in for Josh Perry on the stadium in Chicago on Tuesday. Oh, that's so right. got a I big opportunity, so we're I really, really happy yep. for Tyvis. Uh, true or false? The Browns have never played a postseason game in Houston before. True or false? Hey, I got a, I got a default, uh, defective uh, marker. I'm sending out the marker guy. Hold on. I'm on it. 
So I'm going to write down my answer and then I'll, I'll tell you what I said after you tell me the answer. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with it here. G. Bush says true. Nice swap there. Anthony made the catch. Des Bryant didn't, but Anthony did. Bull says false. Jay says false. G. Bush, you're either going to be in the lead or behind to start, and you are. <laughs> it is true. Yep. Wow. It so that true. Clay Matthews, uh, the big Clay Matthews win against the Oilers, that was home. For some reason, I yep. thought that was on the yep. road. They have never played a huge game. Played, I, I thought knew that they was played the, the Oilers, but so, I, I, I couldn't remember. Shout out to Haywood Jeffries. Good job out of you, G. Haywood Jeffries. <laughs> Number Dan two. Pastorini? Number two. Oh, way back. Bump way Phillips. Back. Joe Flacco has the same amount of postseason wins as the Browns do as a franchise since 1954. Man, you gonna go back? That's a, that, I don't like when y'all do guys pick 54. It ain't no real like. Come on, he kind of dug it. Should have been like since 1970 something. Man, yeah, or at least 1964. That's, that's last time they took, or 99. Come on, man, this is terrible. Maybe there's a reason I picked that year in particular. Maybe there's not. Man, I'm gonna go with this. Bull says true, two falses. The answer and the new leader is the reigning champ, Adam the Bull. It is true. Damn. They both have 10 postseason wins. How are you I'm not a leader with Ty. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, Ty. Oh, I'm sorry, Ty. That's I thought sad. we got the first one. Sorry. I just thought just, there's no way sorry. he can have as many. That's well, crazy. I don't know. Back in the old boy? days, there were less rounds to the playoffs right. when they had their success. Yeah. But then you throw in the 80, late 80s and early 90s. But even they, in 79, they won a playoff game. Wow. Right, but most of those years, even when they won, they only won one game, a couple of twos. Well, the years they won the championship, they won at least two. Right, but those were most of the most of those championships were pre that year, right? No. Pre-54. No, they won a championships after 54. No, I know they won most. some, but they, yeah. they won some of them before that. So oh, they did, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they won championships post-54. Right, I think some of them might have been just one game. No, I, I know, know if much there were fewer rounds to the then. NFL. Yeah. I can tell you the exact dates if you really want to know. No, I'll move on. Sorry, okay. go ahead. Next question. Bernie Kosar is the only quarterback in Browns history with more than 1,500 passing yards in the playoffs. True or false? That's our next guest coming up in about five minutes. Changing my answer. Uh-oh. Well, it's never good I went when you against my... I have a better judgment on this one. Because my instincts, the first two were wrong, so I'm trying to switch it up. My immediate thought stands one right way, now. and I went the exact opposite. Stanza. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm so doing. So, Jay, what do you have? I'm going false. Jay says false. false. Bull says false. G false. says true. And, G, you're right. Bernie Kosar is the lone quarterback <laughs> oh, in Browns I history. I changed my so answer. When I, when I'm, number when my two, by the right, way. I, is Otto Graham? Otto Graham's number two with 1,200. Bernie actually I has 1,900. I thought Otto might have been yeah, barely yeah, yeah. above. Okay, next question. G. Bush in the lead. Time, yeah. Dating back to the beginning of the franchise, the Browns have a winning playoff record. What? True or false? That, is, that doesn't include the A. Is it no, that's the, in every postseason game this team's ever played. Before they were the, in the NFL? Before the NFL. The history of oh, the franchise. Because they won four championships yeah. pre-NFL. Yeah, yeah, they did. This goes all the way back but to 1946. Those, those were one-game playoffs. Yeah, so... This is, I guess, 46 on, so when the franchise began, yeah. Yeah. The dating back to the beginning of the franchise, they have a winning record in the playoffs, so. G. Bush says If true. I miss this, it's my goal to miss all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Three <laughs> I'm going to try to go 
the, Guys, the imperfect game. It's false. They're 17 and 21 all time. Oh, all season. Oh, <laughs> now, now I gotta miss them all. I mean, Chase you're only down by two. Playoff. Yeah, history. but I'm just. I mean, see when you go. This isn't really what I what I would have done. Is I would have gone to something that our fans would know. Like, would be able to say, oh, yeah, I remember. Like, we're going back into the 40s. annals of the... You guys are supposed to be the smartest Browns fans no, I know. No, you have to understand that... And and I used to criticize both for being this way, but I'm yeah. the same damn way, so I can't. If it happened before I was born, I don't, I don't care. They don't count, right? It, it didn't happen, <laughs> you know? Great accomplishments by the people that did it, but... Yeah, it's like... just... I just... I can't weigh them. I can't... Yeah, they have I no don't. merit to, to me. All right, next up. Yeah. Otto Graham trails Bernie Kosar on the Browns' postseason passing yards list, which we already established. But Graham has more passing touchdowns than Bernie in the playoffs. True or false? Uh, a lot of the Browns' uh, touchdowns. As a member of the Otto Graham family, one of his grandkids emails me regularly. I bet his, he doesn't his, even know His great-granddaughter was in Aaron's play. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Two trues and a false. G. Bush is on fire. It's false. Oh. Bernie has 15. I, Otto I, I got one 10. more. I, I think I can do it. Has G locked Maybe it up Maybe if I already? refuse to answer, it would be the imperfect Anthony, game. Anthony, what's the... Uh, G is in the lead with three. Bull, you have one. J, you stern. I, wow. The reason scoreless. I said... Uh, the, the reason I thought it would have been the other way around. The, I, I remember a lot of the Browns rushing touchdowns in the Kozar year. Or touchdowns in the playoffs were rushing touchdowns. Yeah. But... Well, rushing yards is exactly where we're going next. He did. How about this one? How many more we got? Three? Three more. In 1947, (laughs) who was the long snapper (laughs) for the the Browns? Six teams playing in the AAF. How about this one? Otto Graham has more career postseason rushing yards than Jim Brown. True or false? Well, okay, so I'm going counterintuitive here. You would say he wouldn't be asking this unless it was true. Because we would all be like, what? And I know how much Mikey loves for all of us to go, what? So uh, even though I think it was true, I'm, I'm trying for the imperfect game. So I'm throwing a fastball down the middle, hoping the guy hits a home run. Jay's fastball just got hit for a grand slam. Here yeah! Otto yeah, Graham in seven games had 292 rushing yards. Jim Brown in four games for 242. Because you know Mike wanted to make us all say, what? I know. He, he only averaged six. Uh, Jim man, Brown only averaged 60 yards I don't a game care if in the that, playoffs. I don't care if that That's was shocking. right. I don't care if that was true. It's Jim Brown. He got more rushing yards than everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> two more. <laughs> how many more? I knew Just Otto Graham had oh played Oh, my God. How many are we doing? Eight. Same as always. Please make them somewhat relevant. Uh, no, it's too late. One is very relevant. One, okay, we're going good. back. We're going, going back. back like, we'll one end is with not going to be a guess. We'll end with the relevant one. This okay. next one, we're going back. How about Brian Brennan currently holds the number one spot on the Browns' all-time list for receiving touchdowns. Man, that must have been his picture what? after he was drafted out of Boston College. He never wore that number for the Browns. Get out of here. This is easy money. No all-time. Bush says false. All-time leading receiver with touchdowns. Stop. Well, he wants us to go, what? Yeah. Or do I? So I, I, I got to keep the imperfect game going. Jay says false. Bull says true. The answer, Steve, let's see it. It's true. It's false. Oh, oh out of here. no. Do you, know who, here. do you know who has more? He's tied. He's second behind uh, Gary, Gary Collins. Gary Collins and Webster Slaughter each have five. Oh, Webster. Webster was a big, he was a big money guy. 
In the big games, like the Steelers games, he always played well. I forgot he played for the Oilers. Last one, guys, then we'll yeah, bring in Bernie Kozar. Yeah. This is a relevant one, Jay. You wanted a 21st century, here's a 21st century. Good. Fine. If Joe Flacco can throw for 400 yards against the Texans this week, he'll become the second Browns quarterback to ever throw for 400 yards in a wild card game. True or false? He'll be, be coming the second? We'll become the second. Okay, I got this. And I, yeah, it's easy money. Well, provided, provided no one did it before Bernie. True, true, true. I mean, three trues, three correct answers. Yeah, because I remember. I believe it was Kelly Holcomb. And it is. Yes, it was, it Kelly, was Holcomb. Kelly Holcomb. Anthony, who's our winner? G. Bush is our winner with five. G. Yeah! Bush, to you, the smartest you know, Browns fan on the panel. Down, when I looked at you during this true or false, I just looked right here. Bull, look right here. Mm. Tell me that doesn't look like a lion. Yes. Like, that looks like lion fur, yeah, yeah. bro. If, I would've got, if, I, if it was a lion, hey, hey, that's kind of cold. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, well, man. we're going to bring in our next guest yeah. who was on our Browns playoff history Spooky. trivia, and he's brought to us today by Jace Medical. I know sports are a place to escape the crazy realities of life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, and that is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than one of your loved ones or kids getting sick while a supply chain issue kept them from their life-saving medi medication. But thankfully, we're all okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, skin infections, and others. Visit jacemedical.com. Complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispersed by a a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important or to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your purchase. And with that, let's welcome in the man, the myth, the legend, Bernie Kozar. Bernie, how you doing, man? Bernie. I'm doing good, guys. Where Play are you me? right now? Are you at home or are you on the road? No, I am at Georgetown uh, University. Brought my son back to college to start this year. So as much as I want to be in studio today, a little parenting course has uh, taken effect here. So if you like my scenic uh, tropical background here in Georgetown. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, actually. I love it. What's your, what's your take on this playoff game, Bernie? With the, the big question we've been asking this week is a rookie who is not your ordinary rookie. In fact... He's done something that only Tom Brady and Joe Montana have ever done before, and that's lead the NFL amongst qualified quarterbacks with at least eight starts in passing yards per game and touchdown-to-interception ratio. It's only been done three times he's done it as a rookie. So what are you valuing here, this spectacular rookie or the playoff experience of Joe Flacco? So first and foremost, I have to give a shout out to Mikey here and tell him, tell him, thank you so much for swallowing up my cranium with so many of those trivia questions right there. And, <laughs> and I, and I want to say that genuinely in jest and stuff and the, in the spirit of levity, but I'm, I'm sitting here really honored and humbled right now to be mentioned in the same breath with Otto Graham and stuff. And I'm going to try to represent my intelligence here like I knew all of that stuff because I, I so look up to, to Otto Graham and his family and Bull, just like you, beautifully pointed out. You talk to some of his great grandkids and stuff, and like myself, I, I keep in touch with his family. And God, I'm just so blessed right now emotionally to kind of hear 
hear some of those cool records as you kind of relive that and almost relive your youth, which transitions me into kind of that question of CJ and his youth. And again, coming from Ohio State and um, watching him play um, his college career and, and then seeing his transition so quickly into the NFL, um, if it was just purely talking about him as a person and him as a quarterback, well, I could keep glowing and glowing on that because those, yeah, statistically the stuff you, you bring up is, is super impressive. Um, but the way he's also doing it, um, uh, the first play of the game at Indianapolis last week, the season's on the line. This is a rookie with the, with the rookie head coach, D'Amico Ryan, who, um, you know, and, and I'm not trying to be overly funny or pointed here in, in profiling, but defensive coaches very rarely come want to come into a game, and, and especially on the road, and, and they have a good defense where they're going to allow the rookie quarterback to go bombs away on the first play of the game like that. So, you know, uh, one, for him to be able to execute it, two, for them to have the trust in him to do it, and then for him to, to have that type of uh, abilities at this young an age. It's, it's, it's super impressive to, to actually to the point where um, I'm so high on our Cleveland Browns and I'm so high on Joe Flacco that actually C.J. Stroud as a rookie is one of the main guys actually within the whole playoff scope of, of uh, the AFC that I, I am actually concerned for. And, and that's a tribute to him and, and something that maybe into the game we really have to get after it and how we're going to attack um, him as a rookie. And when you hit that first bomb, like he did against Indianapolis, boy, your confidence, your enthusiasm, the bleep on the sideline is, is goes through the roof, but it actually goes through the roof in terms of your belief and confidence in you internally. So as good as that was last week, that's the thing we want to stunt early in the game. So not letting him get off early like he like Indianapolis did. And if we have an ability to kind of the Miles Garrett factor and our D-line being healthy, putting that pressure, if we can um, kind of erode his confidence or not allow him to settle in like he settled in um, against Indianapolis, that bodes it way better for us in the, in, in the scope of trying to ultimately do the Jimmy Johnson um, line, which is all that matters now this time of the year is somehow, some way, end up with a W. That's one of the best ways, I think, to somehow, some way, we're going to get a W on Saturday is getting after CJ early, hopefully not getting, uh, giving him the opportunity at a big play. Um, and then having him doubt himself a little bit by just like uh, in some of the games where the Miles Garrett factor happened with the Cleveland Browns only rushing four guys, yet it looks like we're rushing six because Miles Garrett is just disruptive on just about every play. And that's something that um, absolutely would bode well for us on, on Saturday afternoon. Bernie, we were talking about this combination of a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, very rare. Uh, it's only happened maybe one or two times that they, you know, 
obviously with you and Marty Schottenheimer, he had just taken over in the middle of the season the year before your rookie season. And then obviously you went to the, the playoffs your rookie year. You guys lost in the first round, but next year you came back, you won your first round game. What's that like when you're a rookie and you're playing the regular season and you, you're having a good year as a rookie like he has, he's had a magnificent season. But playing in that first playoff game, is there another level of anxiety? I mean, you played at a huge university in Miami. He played at a huge university at Ohio State. But even with that experience, is there something about playing that first playoff game that's another level of anxiety or something like that? Well, it's another level of speed. Um, I don't like. I don't want to use the word anxiety, okay? Because okay. the, the word anxiety is used a ton here in society today, and a lot of us talk about anxiety. We talk about depression. We talk about being a, a little bit afraid or nervous of things. Um, I really, and I can again, it's about CJ and Joe Flacco in the game this week. But in terms of a rookie and stuff, I uh, just reflect back to me whether it was a Monday night game or you know you're the only guy in town playing and if, um, now there's 32 teams, you know all 31 other quarterbacks are watching, whether they say so or not. It's the same in a playoff, and that even more so. So it's I don't call it a level of anxiety. If I, as I put myself back in that seat back in 1985, it's a massive level of excitement and anticipation. And this will absolutely sound like I'm an egotist or a cranium inflator, but it absolutely, you have to yearn and love that you're the man going out there. And every other quarterback in this world is watching me play right now. And I'm going to show I belong. Mm. I really am going to show I belong. And I remember playing against the Dolphins. Oh, well, yeah, we, they ended up coming back and losing. But that first quarter... That first step onto the field, nothing was going to stop me from scoring. Nothing was going to stop me from looking good, okay, and playing good. Not just to show myself, to show my teammates. I wanted to show the world that I deserve to be here. And that's unfortunately a mindset that I believe C.J. Stroud has also, that um, it's not anxiety, it's I'm ready. You know, Bernie, so let, let's stay right there on uh, mindset. You know, we'll, we'll flip over to from CJ Stroud to uh, if you were in the position of Joe Flacco, um, you know, obviously you, you, <clears throat> you've called your own plays. You've be, been pivotal in, in the offensive, you know, the philosophy that you guys had where you were playing back then. What would be your goal um, offensively in this game? How would you come out and start this game? What would your script look like? And, and is, it, would you come out and try to start off fast? Would you come out running the ball, throwing the ball, short stuff? What would you want to do against the Texans team um, in, the, in the first few drives that you had the ball to set the tone? Again, whether I'm a rookie or I can't say my 16th year because I didn't make it that far, but if I was a rookie through 12 years, anytime I got a chance to come out in the meaningful games, I wanted to meaningfully be a part of what happened. So that old, let's start slow, let's run it, let's see what happened. There's no way that's <laughs> what I'd be doing. So I believe Joe Flacco and Coach Stefanski are so in tune and so locked into finding the little idiosyncrasies, the little mistakes, 
the little opportunities within the scheme of the Texans defense. We have all six, 17 games to look at. We have our game from a month ago to look at. Um, we are all creatures of habit. You cannot scheme and trick people through the, and keep changing through the course of the year. So most of us are who we are right now. Our offense is kind of who we are. More importantly, their defense is what they are. Yeah, they'll, maybe they'll have, they will have a trick or two, but in the heat of battle, it will get down to what they have been doing through the course of the season. And Joe Flacco and Kevin Stefanski and those 400 analytics people in the building in Berea will absolutely know some of these tendencies and the big dogs will find plays to be able to go after it. So if an opportunity presents itself early um, from a from an evaluation of, of some of their pre-game tendencies and other game tendencies, I absolutely know they'll, they'll be ready for that on top of really good coaches and really good intelligent uh, scheme that people layer out their plays and game plans. So the next evolution of what are some of the plays, what are some of the formations, what are some of the personnel groups that we've been using that for sure, what did we do against them um, a month ago? And how do we evolve off of that? Um, you know the, uh, the Houston Texans and D'Amico Ryan will be practicing preparing for what we have already shown on film, we will have counters to that in personnel groups, motions, and shifts. And again, they they have a, they have a sound fundamental team. So being able to make some adjustments off of that, um, I absolutely see Joe Flacco being able and Kevin Stefanski to do that. And strategically taking shots, and they're not going to, we're not going to go down being conservative um, in the playoffs. So I, I, I really look for a, a really well-schemed game from, uh, from our side in particular. I, I agree. They're not going to play conservative. They're not going to, you know, this idea that, well, you know, we got to, you know, rail in. I can't, not thinking of the word. Uh, rain in. Rain in? Is that the word I'm looking That's for? It. Rain in. Joe Flacco so he doesn't turn the ball over. That's just not realistic. He is who he is. He's playing this way. You got to stick with it, Bernie, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I tried to be quiet just a little bit to let you finish. You Teams don't lose. You don't luck your way. You don't uh, – uh, the team doesn't typically lose their way um, in a playoff game. You have to go take it. You have to win it, especially on the road. You have to go at this. So um, – Joe Flacco and the, the, the tentative play, I, that's the least of my worries. That's yeah. the least of my worries going into this game. Bernie, who wins? Oh, Browns. We're, I'm, I'm all in on our Browns. This is a, um, for us in Cleveland, uh, the, the, um, the spiritual football gods, we've joked about this through the course of uh, the last uh, half dozen weeks about how Typically, uh, things did, haven't gone our way in years past with some games. The football gods have been smiling a little bit on us this year, whether it's the Indianapolis W, the, the uh, Frisco W. Um, so I don't want to bank on spiritual gods. I want to bank on that we're just bigger, tougher, physical, and out-scheme them and out-play them. 
but also a little karmetic spiritual help absolutely doesn't hurt at this time of the year. Thanks, Bernie. Appreciate it. We'll Talk see you next, next week. week. Good luck with, with your son there. It's Thanks, cool. guys. You All matter. Right. There you Just go. Get a Thanks, big Bernie. Thanks, Bernie. Uh, uh, injury updates. Yeah, Mike, Mike had just told me about this. Yeah, both. if you, you want to get, get go. But all the Texans guys are – a majority of them are back at practice. Yeah, today, that's so. right. Uh, well, Noah Brown practice for the first time in a few weeks. Uh, both of their defense, their starting defensive ends, Grenard and um, Will Anderson. Will Anderson are back. Uh, their third, their rotational defensive end, their third defensive end, veteran Jerry Hughes. He is not practicing still. I haven't seen the defensive tackles. Have you seen that or the or the fullback? I have not seen a report on Beck yet. They're just starting practice now, so the reports are trickling out. If I see anything else, I'll continue to update yeah. you guys. But Noah Brown, their second leading receiver after Tank Dell was number two, but he's obviously out for the season. Noah Brown's their second leading receiver. Right. And Jonathan Greenard and Will Anderson. Greenard had thirteen sacks this year. Those were the big ones. And Will Anderson, who didn't play in the first matchup at right. all. And Robert Woods favorite. and yeah. Robert Woods is back as well. Yeah, you know it might just be a case where D'Amico felt it was best to just give them the extra day. Oh uh, yeah, you know they're yeah. coming off a high intensity game, and the Browns are not. Um, whenever you're coming off a high intensity game, there's a little more uh, bruising, there's a little more fatigue, and perhaps being a player himself, he just realized, you know what, I know what those games can take out of you. I'm going to yeah. sit him a couple extra days. I believe that at this point in the season. We've drilled into their heads what we're doing and what it's all about. The rest is more important than the repetition. At this point, we, we saw always say, listen, the, the hay is in the barn, fellas. That's, that's right. We are who we are. You ain't going to go out here and get no better. <laughs> you ain't not going to get no worse. If you ain't got it by now, you ain't getting it. So we, we just focusing on, on Saturday. And, and to be truthful, I think that that's the mind state of, of a lot of people. Because, you know, for me, I'm just sitting here. And as we're talking about it, days gone. Like, I'm over here, like, I'm getting chills and up my spine. I'm getting, like, we talking about the game. I'm excited. I'm like, dang, man, it's only, like, Thursday, bro. Like, it's tough for young players in general yeah. to sit back and relax, right? You can't sleep. You ain't getting good rest. It's, it's one of those things where you're playing and everybody's watching you, man. Everybody's watching them on Saturday, bro. No, but uh, not surprisingly, the game is now sold out. Uh, there are still some tickets available, apparently, on the resale market. So if you're thinking about going out to Houston, I'd get on that res- resale market quick because apparently they're going fast. What yeah. type of number do you think they'll do, Jay? Um, it's not going to be a huge number nationally. I, I mean, the Flacco story brings a lot of interest, but uh, just the two markets, Houston and Cleveland. Houston is obviously a bigger market than Cleveland, but it's uh, it's in the window it's in because executives already know what <laughs> right. what games are going to do <laughs> right. based on the matchups and the history and the storylines. Uh, I, I, I don't really care mark, about that. I don't, I don't know that how much the market matters, though. Well, uh, it does matter. Obviously, it does. But no, like, it does. But, like, Cincinnati's not a good market. And in the last couple of years, the Bengals have done well in the playoffs. Look, playoff games always do well. No, they, but they're I exclusive mean, window games. So, right. they're always big numbers. What matters is it's the reason that they love it when the Giants and the Jets sure, make the sure, playoffs. Sure. If all Browns fans watch a game, now, the Browns are actually not a great example because although we're not a big media market, we have a good following nationally. So, mm-hmm. they're not a good example. I would use instead um, Arizona. Arizona's perfect. Phoenix is a bigger TV market than us. They have almost no national following. Right. Arizona fans, for the most part, Cardinals fans, are all hybrids from another area. Yeah. Arizona is comprised of people that yeah. come from the Midwest. There's a lot of Buckeyes. Florida fans is in too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 
when they look at a matchup and the reason that we got this window, they have a pretty good idea based on market size and storylines, how, how a game is going to do nationally. The reason the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants always show up in the primetime exclusive windows is because the network executives know that's a safe bet. Right, right, it's, right. When they put Philly on, when they put New, Eng- uh, right. uh, New England to a certain extent, but usually the New York teams and Dallas, that's easy money. Right. But well, in football, you can get away with a smaller market if the storyline is great. And that's can. why the last two years, the Bengal Chief games have been some of the highest rated playoff games because that's a good rivalry right, right now. Uh, I want to see what the Peacock numbers are looking like. Unlike yeah, in that, baseball. That, that's not going to be a good story <laughs> oh, at all. For, By for the them. way, that if hurts. you're getting Peacock, two things to watch right now real quick. Dr. Death, two seasons is fantastic. And today they just released the prequel. Did anybody see the, the movie's Ted? Yes. I did, yeah. There's a prequel. I didn't know that. Ah. That's on Peacock, just yeah, got released today. Yeah, the, they, that's a, a totally different story. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, they don't. It might not. It might be a situation where we don't even see numbers. Uh, <laughs> they will just put it because out. They're, they're counted differently. It's like Amazon Prime. They can tell you internally exactly, just like our show. They can tell you exactly how many people are streaming it at any second. But the Nielsen numbers are made public because they're publicly available. Um, you know, the NFL, if it's not a great storyline, won't won't show the number. Guys, we got some super chats. We got to get to here to wrap up the show. We got. Decent bit today, so let me start with this first one from Taylor Summers, who says, y'all talked about the Cavs and the shooters they have, but I was disappointed you didn't mention Sam Merrill. I think the Cavs have found something in him. We John did. mentioned Sam Merrill. Yeah, he talked about yeah. it. John Fanta did. Yeah, this was before John came on, so I'm not quite oh. sure. And by the way, McNuggets, by the way, McNuggets, when we was doing the Summer League tour, remember I was talking about Sam Merrill? Remember I was talking hey, about them young boys? W- there are certain players, if you can shoot, you got to roll. If you can shoot, you got to roll. And Sam Merrill... Pure shooting, one of the better pure shooters in the entire NBA. They'll find ways to get him involved. And he's played so well. He's averaged, He scored double-digit points in his last four games. He's averaging 14 points over that stretch. Even when Garland and Mobley and the rest of the guys come back, he's going to have a uh, spot in the rotation if he continues to shoot threes with that volume at 43%. Sure. Next up, Michael McGee said, G. Bush, definition of pimping today. <laughs> Chad Lieb says, True. The Browns allowed 19 touchdowns, five field goals, and two safeties. 152 points off turnovers, 46 points directly on offense and special teams, 51 points off drives of 20 yards or less. 57 is the longest drive a team has scored off of a Browns turnover this season. Mike, we got our injury updates. Let me interrupt you for a second. Shoot. Uh, officially out for the game. Cedric Tillman, Dustin Hopkins, and Grant Delpit. He will not be activated. He's officially out for the game. Pierre Strong... Uh, Juan Thornhill, Denzel Ward, and Mike Ford are all questionable. Ooh, the Ward thing scares me. Ward Denzel. just popped in how, with a knee. How did, how did Denzel Ward get hurt? Yeah, no, that scares me. It must knee? happen in practice. Well, you said knee? Yeah. That's what it said. So oh, Zach Jackson. Well, now, he did practice today. No, no, I'm so I'm assuming it, all those questionable guys are going to play since they all practiced. But all of the so, outs you, we expected to be out. Well, not yeah. we, uh, Delpit, we Tillman. didn't know. Delpit, we didn't know. But yeah. I thought Delpit all along, from what I was told, is an extreme long shot for this week. And probably unlikely yeah. for next week as well. Maybe a long-term play if they keep winning and make it to the conference championship game. Yeah. But the, to me, the big concern there would be Denzel Ward. Because yeah. C.J. Stroud's Achilles has been man coverage, and he's our best man cover guy. 
That would be – we cannot afford to be We're without We're going to talk Denzel about Nico Ward. Collins tomorrow that. in that matchup. Yep. But uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. EBGB says, the drip is too hard, G. R real respect, real. Uh, Kevin uh, Robinson said, 2007 Braylon, and, uh, Braylon Edwards and Kellen Winslow equals this year's Amari and David Njoku. Okay. Uh, Charles T says, G. Bush here looking like the urban Smokey the Bear. <laughs> Matthew Colpett wants to know, could you see the Browns using the trap game more in the run game against Houston? G Bull J thoughts on uh, the they track pull, game? They pull a lot. They pull a lot. They we you know they call we call it uh, uh, GT. They go. They usually pull the guard and tackles and do some things like that. Um, you'll see the guards moving a lot. You always do with this yeah, team. Yeah. Got two more and then one to finish off with. Two from Charles T said G Bush is doing his best impression of the anime character Alucard from Helsing. G, I don't know if you know who that is. No. Okay. Uh, Charles, he also says, G. Bush, the Swisher sweet man. <laughs> and R. Mac Dog, the question, <laughs> we're going to end with this. Guys, let me know if you agree. In my memory, Joe Flacco, Amari Cooper is as dynamic as Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Stop. and Troy Aikman and Michael Irving. They're locked in. Do you guys good, agree? Good gracious. I mean, wow. not getting I mean, I drink the Kool-Aid. Let them do something in the playoffs Montana first. Montana Rice? Yeah, come it's on most. The most prolific combination in the world. Yeah, let's we, pump the brakes out. We got another. Harrison we actually have a note on the Guardians, believe it or not. What? Uh, they haven't added somebody. Oh, Shane Bieber. Stop hyping me up. Uh, today is the uh, the day, the last day to settle with players who are arbitration eligible. The Guardians and Shane Bieber have agreed to a contract for this year, his last year of, of arbitration. He will make thirteen point one two five million dollars. If he's here, Man. it's a very well, tradable contract. He is, make don't, yeah. don't be saying that Guardians like with inflection. Like they voice, added somebody. Like you had somebody. I, Gee, thought I, was I got a question for you on this Browns game. It hasn't come up yet. You know, we're trying to get in the mindset of this defense. Is this defense sort of in knock if you buck mode? They um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to process that. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Did somebody I'm trying tell to you to say that? Do you remember the guy that said uh, to ask you about Go uh, Goku? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me another message. Since that went so well, ask G if this defense is in knock if you buck mode. I'm like, what the hell I is said, that? I, I said, know what that means, uh, but I don't know to, how to answer that question. Shout out to little Scrappy yeah. and Crime Mob. Shout out to Diamond, um, but uh, what show is that from? Uh, that show—they're on Love and Hip Hop, but they're uh, it's a song it's by Crime. All right, I did. It was but, the reference was totally I, lost on me. Uh, That's not shocking. I was like, dang. I was like, <laughs> says the, the white guy What's behind the glass. I know who it was by. <laughs> You're far younger than I am. You better. I will. Uh, yeah. See, Mike. As life happens and you have other things of importance. I was talking about this with someone yesterday who just uh, turned wait, wait, 40. Jay, 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 hold on, hold on. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you All off. Right. But this from Jake Trotter literally two seconds ago. Stefanski said Ward injured his knee in practice today. Unsure if he'll be ready for Saturday. Yeah, that, oh that guys, God. that would be a big storyline. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's, that's a legit no, issue. No, that is terrifying. Because, you know, we talk about the guys you can't lose. And hurt? I think at the top of that list now is Flacco, and then number two would be Miles Garrett. And for me, number three Flacco's is Flacco's the Ward. only one that ends the season. Yeah, it, look, me. but these concerning injuries. Like, yeah, this is one that, this is, you know. This is the third, one of the biggest injuries. Wow, it happened in practice? G. Bush, what could he have been doing in practice to hurt his, uh, I, mean, I guess anything could happen. That, that's a back, dumb question. Backpedaling. Yeah, that's a dumb I mean, question, sorry. I mean, yeah. Retracted from the record. That was Cutting. Stupid. Like, these guys cut and pivot 300 I mean, well, times a game. Uh, listen, look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was you know, doing nothing special when he injured his, his leg and, in practice. And by the way, by the way, 
God. The best player in the field is Miles Garrett. So Miles Garrett be the best player in the field. Mm. Still hurts though. See you in overtime. <laughs>